Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The last of the major pro sports leagues tips off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined as always by my two favorite Cowboys, Eve Batoba and Justin Southwell. Guys, the revenge tour continues, and what a pretty game it was on Saturday. Mm. You got to love seeing this revenge tour. Yo, let me tell y'all something. Just take, be, be honest. If we go back three weeks, did y'all see us being five and two right now? No. Nope. Five and two. Huh? Who would have thought? Look at us. Not <laughs> Look, me. Not me. But man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that not only are we winning, but it looks like we are clicking. We're clicking and there's some momentum rolling. Yeah. And, you know, momentum is a really big deal. And winning games on the road is arguably another big deal because going into Morgantown, based on what we've seen this year, you know, I feel like these are two pretty evenly matched teams going into it. And then, man, like through the game, it really was. It looked like that, two evenly matched teams. And then Ollie Gordon just took over and just went full beast mode on these guys. Almost got 150 yards in the fourth quarter. And, um, man, just so impressed by that guy right now. Yeah, man, to be honest with you, this is one of the most impressive uh, just running, some of the most impressive running that I've seen since. I mean, look, if I'm a pretty hard critic when it comes to, like, running backs, right? As good as Chuba Hubbard was, I was more of a fan of Kendall Hunter. As good as Kendall was, I, I really like Justice Hill's vision, right? Uh, Jalen Warren, I really like how he had a really low center of gravity and how he could bounce off of tackles, and he was a really physical runner. But I got to say, it's looking like a combination of just so many of the different types of running styles that I liked it, um, from, from Ollie Gordon, right? Like he has vision, he has the physicality, he has the speed, he had, you, you know, you could see some of the agility there as well. I'm like, yo, this is just a perfect combination of it all. And it's, man, it's, th- this is a type of running style that I really, really enjoy watching right here. For those of you who missed the game and have not been on the internet since Saturday, Ollie been Gordon- under a rock. Yes, has had a, career night put Oklahoma State on his back during that 48-34 win over West Virginia. Gordon had 29 carries for 282 yards and four touchdowns. He scored literally half of Oklahoma State's points. He was Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week for the second week in a row. Doak Walker National Running Back of the Week for the second week in a row. Walter Camp National FBS Offensive Player of the Week. Yay! And early Campbell Tyler Rose player of the week. So he's getting, you know, I I don't, 
people knew who Ollie Gordon was before this season. You knew the name, especially in the Big 12. But now he is making waves on a national level. And as great as he was on the field, guys, my favorite part of that performance was the post-game interview. Yeah. Button. If you guys have not seen that interview, go find it. It's on Cowboy Football social media. Ollie is so quick to give credit to his teammates and the guys behind him were walking by the interview, his teammates going behind him, cheering him on, congratulating him for that game. And Eve, you asked three weeks ago, four weeks ago, do we think we'd be sitting here five and two? No. And I think if it was the 2022 team, we would not have won a single game because there was dysfunction in that locker room last season. And I think that dysfunction is clearly gone. And these guys rallied together. They are playing for each other. They are so excited. And if you went on social media after everyone's tweeting about Ollie, you know, everyone's commenting on how well he played, but again, he could have said, thank you. He could have simply liked tweets. He was giving credit to the fullbacks, the offensive line, the quarterback, the rest of the team. And I just think he is the complete team player. And I cannot want this for anyone more (laughs) yeah i mean for a sophomore that's some really mature leadership right there because i mean we've seen it before you got somebody that's really arrogant thinking that he's doing it all on his own and then you got guys on the team that are jealous of that maybe and it's like okay we'll see how you we'll see how good you do if i don't block this play you know none of that's going to be happening right like everybody's got ollie's back because ollie's got everybody's back and I'd love yeah. to see that other guy. Yeah, and a big reason why three weeks ago you wouldn't have thought we'd be in the position that we're in right now is because the offensive line looks so suspect. So now you're seeing, I mean, look, it's, it's it's been a lot of shuffling going on over the past couple of weeks, really the last three weeks on the offensive line. Um, coming out of the bye week, it seemed like there was a little bit of experimenting happening about, like, you know, which positions should guys be playing. You're seeing, gosh, I, I'm What's my man's name? Birmingham, who's lined up at a couple, I think, three different positions now. Cole Birmingham. Um, You've seen, what's the guy's name? Uh, Materico, I believe, lined up at right tackle for the first time in a few years. And I know there were, you know, a little bit of bumps and bruises, a little bit of injuries uh, last week, or I guess two weeks ago now. But they're just figuring it out and they're meshing. And, you know, whenever we got that offensive uh, line coach from Kansas State, everybody was wondering, hey, where is that same level of play? And, yo, over the last three weeks, we are really seeing that. Like, we're like, oh, oh, step like this is looking like the best offensive line in the Big 12 right now. It's kind of crazy to see how much transformation just happened over the span of three weeks. Need to do a little deeper dive to see why that is. And I remember when we did the season preview, you know, we talked about the schedule release. I mean, this was back in January even. And seeing that week five bye, we were all like, oh, man, that sucks. I wish it was later. And honestly, that bye could not have come at a more perfect time. We needed to hit the reset button. We needed to figure some things out, take those two weeks, regroup. It paid off. So, hey, week five bye, we appreciate you. Without a doubt. appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say this too, like the first few games, I feel like we were experimenting a lot, moving people around on the offensive line, little musical chairs, action. Ollie Gordon wasn't really getting into a rhythm because he wasn't getting a lot of carries. And then, yeah, that bye week, that helped. But I think maybe part of it is because Ollie's vision has just developed so much over the this season, really, where maybe some of the running backs – 
would be a little bit more impatient and want to just run through a hole or whatever the case is. Like he's being yeah, patient he's back patient. there, letting things develop and then mm-hmm. going from there. And I think that that really does help make our offensive line maybe look a little bit better than what they really are. And that's not to slight them at all, but it's like, what, what have we seen in the past that makes us think that like they just yeah. flipped the switch overnight? I think Mar- a lot of it can go to Ollie Gordon based on his patience and his vision. Oh, that patience is such a huge deal. You know, I mentioned Jalen Warren earlier. I think that's one of the things that I really, really loved about him is he would allow the it's almost like the the offensive linemen were setting up the blocks for or setting up the or he was setting up the blocks for the offensive linemen, yeah. like letting them, you know, letting the defenders think that he's going one way, getting the old line to go that way and then, you know, slipping the other way, which is a skill like it's an actual skill. It's, it's one of those things that's just intuitive. You either have it or you don't. So, like I said, Ali Gordon is just looking like the complete package. And I will say, I remember after week one, I got on here. I was just like, yo, wouldn't it be nice? If we just had one premier guy in the backfield, mm-hmm. one premier guy at quarterback, one premier guy who was getting the, you know, the receiving yards, you know, over at the receiving position. And now, you know, you're starting to see that develop a little more. And I can't help but think, guys, man, we at worst should only have one loss. At best, we should be seven and zero right now. But, you know, I guess you can't look too far into the past. Yeah. yeah. A couple, yeah. A couple more notes on Ollie's historic night, because we're going to focus on the positive Eve, not what could have been. We are focusing on the what is and what hey, is Ollie. We're, we're, we're comprehensive people over here, right? We can look at everything all at once. You know, it's all right. Holistically. But yeah, as I said, 282 yards. He was averaging 9.7 yards per carry. Sheesh. That's insane. The first Cowboy to rush for four touchdowns in a game since Rennie Childs in 2016. He has three consecutive games with a touchdown. Guys, he has seven total touchdowns during that span. And the fourth straight game rushing for over 100 yards. This might be a ridiculous question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Should Ollie Gordon be in the Heisman conversation? It does sound ridiculous, don't it? Which is, yeah, I don't know. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I'm, I'm completely biased to Oklahoma State, of course. Um, but if I was, you know, part of, if I was a Heisman voter, part of the national media, national press, uh, I wouldn't consider him for a Heisman right now. Just Why? because, um, you know, you're you're looking at three games, right? You're looking at three games out of, you know, it, it, of course, it's still, I guess you could say it's early in the season. I guess we're halfway done right now. But, um you know, I think he ranks eighth nationally in rushing yards, right? I think to be considered, you, you probably need to, you know, do a little more. But I think that he's not too far removed from being in the Heisman conversation, right? Like just some more consistency over the next. I mean, if, if he's performing like this for two, three more games, easily back in a, he's in a Heisman conversation without a doubt. Uh, but, you know, playing running back. Um, not doing it consistently, you know, throughout the season, but, you know, then secondly, you know, team success, you know, you got to be able to show something for it. So I don't know. It, it's just uh, not enough yet. I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, obviously very biased for Oklahoma state, but you're right. I mean, if there's a, an October Heisman, it goes to Ollie Gordon, but we gotta, we gotta see it over the whole season. And um, you know, it just takes time. That's all. That's all it really comes down to: time and consistency. Because if you span that 
you know, three game set for the rest of this season. Like he might be in New York at that time. Like uh, I would love to see it. So that's what I'm hoping for. But as of right now, Heisman talks, mm, I mean, get yeah. the, get the campaign rolling, <laughs> but realistically it's a little too. Yeah. And I, I will say like, if you look at everybody who, yeah, I mean, shoot. Okay, so we're sponsored by Bet Online, right? If you're looking at the Heisman odds, I think JJ McCarthy right now is leading all the odds, right, over at Michigan. You know, of course, not a lot of people will deny that Michigan is a top two program in the country right now, right? I think at worst they're number two. Some people would argue that they deserve to be number one over Georgia. You know, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, Jordan Travis, Dylan Gabriel, uh, Bo Nix, Marvin Harrison is the first non-quarterback that we see in that conversation. So, you know, these are people who I would say, as of right now. Um, because a lot of them also have had better wins uh, than Ollie Gordon. Um, yeah, they probably deserve more consideration than him. But honestly, right now, a lot of our wins are coming because of Ollie Gordon, which is rare to see at the running back position in 2023. So I'm telling you, a couple more of these games, he's going he gonna to start making some noise in that conversation. Here's my thing to what you just said, Eve, and I agree. I'm not sure if he's quite there yet, ready to be in the conversation or, you know, one or two more games, put him in there. Let, let, but let's start this campaign. That being said, you just said some of those other players you listed had better wins. My biggest gripe with the Heisman is to me, it's the best player in college football. And I find right. a lot of the times it goes to the best player from the best team, not always the best player in college football. And that's why I feel like, even if Ollie does have another two or three games with 150, 200 yards, if he just goes off, we're like, well, Oklahoma State isn't in the top 25, or well, Oklahoma State, it's not about Oklahoma State. It's about what he's doing and what he brings to this team and how we were winning because of him. And he is putting this team, he literally scored. If Ollie Gordon does not score those four touchdowns, we don't win that game versus West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'll I'll go back and I'll look at you know a couple of players that come to mind as far as hey they weren't on the best teams but they still won the Heisman Johnny Manziel RG three RG three um, what's my man's name the guy uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson of course right like so some some of the stuff that they were able to do was just undeniable like there was no doubt hey like these people were supposed to win the Heisman uh, which still doesn't make sense as to why Christian McCaffrey didn't win the Heisman but uh, I digress but you know if, if you're if your performance is good enough you know you'll be in that consideration but I mean we all know it's mostly a quarterback trophy anyway that too yeah but Ali let's go let's just you know not even gonna I just want him to be talked about I just want him to be in yeah Doak Walker award yeah we can yeah. we can go for that yeah, let's go. Let's let's go. Let's go, Doak Walker. I like that. I just had to ask the question because you see things on social media, and it's like, well, you know, we are here to throw out crazy thoughts. So let's uh, let's just see what you guys think on the other side of the ball, though, guys. Really quickly, talking about the defense, my guy Nick Martin was everywhere. Seventeen total tackles, ten solo. Absolutely insane. He leads. Hold on. Lead. Why did you say your guy, Nick Why? Martin? It's because not like, it's not like you've been rooting for him since the beginning. Supporting Nick Martin all season. I have. And Eve, I don't want to hear it from you. I have. I have been supporting Nick Martin. I have been talking him up. I have been a fan of his since the start of the year. And I don't want to hear it from you, Eve, <laughs> because you know it is true. Yo, everybody's on the bandwagon nowadays ever since he started popping off. Meg is over here talking about, yo, she's been a believer in Nick Martin since before anybody else was. But there's no proof. There is no evidence. So, I mean, look, I, 
I, I, I don't know what to make of that. Eve, you thought he was white. You thought he was white. There's no proof of me saying that. Shall I pull up text messages? I need to talk about Nick Martin and the Heisman conversation if we're going to talk about the best player in college football. Because, Ooh, you jolly. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> but maybe one of the best linebackers in college the football. Right? Award, For yeah. sure. Um, no, I did a slight boost. All right, slight boost. No, but, a major boost. Man, I mean, he's putting up some crazy numbers, like yeah. 17 total tackles again. Again, I thought that was like a one-off thing. I'm pretty sure like that's way more than Malcolm ever got in a single game. I could be wrong. I think, I think it was, it was closer to like 13, 14, something like that. 15, but he's over right. here doing it like week after week, it seems like. So Nick Martin, man, just talk about somebody who has emerged as a force to be reckoned with in this brand new Nardo 335 defense taking full advantage of the opportunity he has been given. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Not to mention, he hasn't even started every game, right? I think he's 12th in the country right now in tackles. And I think five of those 12 have played an extra game, right? So they've played eight games. So he's just out here doing it and killing it. And Nick Martin, he leads the Big 12 in total tackles with 71. Martin, Colin Oliver, and Kendall Daniels combined for 38 tackles three and a half of those for a loss, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery against West Virginia. So guys, wow. those three. Whew. Hey, that, yeah. that fumble great. and fumble recovery by Kendall Daniels was <laughs> smooth. Like yes. that was awesome. Yeah. You'd love to see that. And there's nothing more beautiful in football than seeing the football in the hands of a defensive back. Yeah. I don't know about that. And Especially if it's a defensive back in the opponent's end zone. Ooh, nothing more beautiful in football. Also need to give a shout out to Corey Black. Got his first career interception six minutes into the game in Morgantown on Saturday. Let's go. Over the summer, Colin Oliver joked that he was going to get a, an interception before Corey. And Corey said, no, I don't think so. And Corey was right. So congrats, Corey. First pick. And it was huge. It was huge, too, because... Huge. You know, that was after the um, the BP muff punt. And then to get it back yeah. the next drive, that's just a very big swing of momentum. So Absolutely. well done, Corey Black. The only thing, guys, we talked about it last week, how our safeties, I think it was last week, they talked about how the safeties have been struggling a little bit in this 3-3-5 scheme. And we did allow um, Garrett Green to throw for 249 yards and two touchdowns. He ran for an additional 117, gave up 475 yards of total offense to the Mountaineers. Oh, yo, he only threw for 249 in the Big 12 Conference? Yo, we will take it <laughs> straight up. We, we'll take that. We'll take that. Now, those rushing yards. though. Yeah, yeah, that's a little concerning. That is <laughs> it's definitely concerning. So, yeah, you know, there are some weeks where we're going in and we're really stopping the run, mm -hmm. but we're giving it up in the air. This week, it seems like we didn't uh, give it up so much in the air, but, you know, the, the rushing attack, well, it wasn't looking so good. But as we mentioned last time, that you know, those, those guys in the backfield for West Virginia are thick, and it showed. Well, Cincinnati, our first – New Big 12 opponent comes to town this weekend for America's greatest homecoming. Under the lights, 7 p.m. kick here. 
Oklahoma State is the favorite to win, guys, for the first time since week three. This is exciting stuff. Let's go. Yo, <laughs> come on. I like the sound of that. You gotta give, you gotta give Cincinnati a nice little welcome to America's greatest homecoming celebration. Nice little welcome to the Big 12 conference, right? So definitely, definitely excited about uh hopefully giving them a nice little beat down and sending them packing back to Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I want to be excited about the the kind of recognition, like, all right, here we go. We are favored to win. But I don't know if that's more of a hey, OSU's on a roll. Like we were starting to beat some teams. Like let's, you know, they, they're at home, they're favorite. That's, or is it, okay, Cincinnati, they've lost five in a row, maybe a combination of both. I don't know. I still feel like for the, for the most part, Oklahoma State is maybe still flying a little bit under the radar, which I'm, I'm fine with. Right. That's cool with me. But it just happens to be that we're playing against Cincinnati. So I don't know. We'll see what it, what it looks like after this week, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves and focus on Cincinnati. So, yeah, I mean, yo, two weeks ago, who knows if we would have been favored, right, going into this game against Cincinnati the way that it was looking. So, you know, definitely glad about that. But as you said, Justin, I don't think it really matters so much right now that we are flying under the radar because we take care of business here at Cincy. There's going to be an opportunity the week after that to really, uh, you know, put ourselves back on the map. So just one game at a time. We're in Cincinnati. That is our focus. We are not looking ahead. We are looking. Okay, to Bill Belichick. We are looking to Saturday. No, because I don't want I don't want us to get unfocused. What's the opposite of focus? Distracted. <laughs> no, yeah, you bring up a really good point, Meg. I think it can be easy to overlook an opponent that has lost five in a row, especially whenever you have Bedlam coming the week after that. So. It, that's right, right? Bedlam is a week after that? Yes, exactly. Right. So and hopefully you're not looking too far ahead that right. you, you know, undermine the, the the person that's right in front of you and, uh, you know, that you're not going in as locked in and a game that's supposed to be a blowout victory is a lot closer than we think. I, I think that it helps that it's homecoming because there's an emphasis on the game, all the pageantry surrounding it. It yep. is a big deal and it won't be something that we'll overlook at, whereas if it was just another home game or whatever the case is, maybe that that becomes maybe a little bit more of an issue. I think that that plays to our favor though, with being homecoming, being at night, um, the neon black sky and still water should be a great atmosphere. Did y'all hear about who's going to be at homecoming in hoops for the performance? Rich homie Quan. You got me feeling some type of way. Yo, rich homie Quan, he's a little, I mean, look, it's cool, which seems like we're branching out a little bit and getting somebody like Rich Homie Kwan to come in. But I feel like we're like five years too late. Like, <laughs> like Rich Homie's a little past his – well, never mind. Look, yeah. hey, welcome to Stillwater, Rich Homie. Glad you're here. Whenever yeah. Flex- He's out here trying to get Taylor Swift. I don't know. Hey, look, if we would have got Taylor Swift, now, hey, now we talking. Now we talking. Ugh. Ugh. But whenever Flex comes on – I don't turn, I don't change that song. That, you know, Rich Homie Kwan, man, that song always gets me. But focusing, guys, as I said, we're not getting distracted by Rich Homie Kwan. Yeah. Focusing on it's part of homecoming pageantry. What are we talking about? <laughs> but to Justin's point about how it's homecoming and how it helps and locking in, I, I also feel like what happened to us against South Alabama is a good lesson learned. And you would hope that these guys understand what's at stake, that we're still very much in contention to play for a Big 12 championship, which was on everyone's mind in the beginning of the year. And they need to lock in and take it one game at a time. And you hope how, you know, 
that game, you, you wish you could get South Alabama back. You wish you could get Iowa State back. You can't. All you can do is win out. And you'd hope that they would have learned that lesson early in the season to not think too far ahead and not take any opponent lightly, especially because Cincinnati uh, coach Gundy said it himself that this is the best defense we've faced all year. We even spoke highly of them in our season preview at the end of the summer. Um, They are the second best run defense in the big 12, allowing a little over a hundred yards per game for an average of 3.2 yards per carry. Their defense has 17 sacks this year. And of course, the Godfather, Dante Corleone, love that name so much. The Godfather. He's in the pro. He's in Pro Football Focus's top seventy-five prospects for the draft. He's one of the best run defenders in college football the last two seasons. So, guys, this matchup: Ollie Gordon versus the Godfather, or the Godfather versus our O line. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, so I pulled up the team statistics for rushing defense you're right they're number 18 number two in the big 12 behind texas who's 16 they're averaging 100.7 yards per game i have a feeling that number is gonna look a lot different after ollie gordon gets them wheels rolling against the cincinnati defense hey maybe they are a great front seven compared to what we have seen but the way Ollie's vision is the way the O-line is blocking right now, how we've got so much on the line for homecoming. I have a feeling that um, we're not going to be slowing down for anybody. And that includes a top 25 rushing defense. Yeah. I did not think that I would be saying this, this season. I can't remember the last time that I said this, but I just trust our offensive line. <laughs> sounds weird to say, don't it? I, I just trust our old line, especially, you know, as good as uh, Corleone is. A defensive tackle is not necessarily an impact position if you can eliminate, especially like if you if you have a good old line, you can eliminate that, especially in the style of offense that we play. Like it, it's it doesn't necessarily have to be something that impacts the entire game. If you know how to, you know, do the proper, um, I would say, zone rushes. Um, on, on our offense so i don't know don't feel too worried about him but of course you can't take it lightly um but yeah i just trust our offensive line and i think um yeah i almost feel weird saying that but over the last three three games it, you know, i feel like i have good cause to say it and you know what i think maybe they're a little bit ranked like kind of high uh kansas state looks like the third team on this and they have 108.9 yards per game and they're a little bit behind Cincinnati but that's just because we've already played Kansas State and uh, we haven't had to play Texas or Cincinnati or they might not Thanks. be up there because Ollie Gordon is just going to like rack up these yards on these teams and, and drop that average so a heck of a point that is a heck of a point they just ain't faced the Cowboys yet okay another question regarding Ollie Gordon and, and racking up yards and the offensive line teams are now getting more tape on Ollie Gordon. So how do we counteract what they're seeing on film in our game plan to make him unstoppable? Hey, I don't know if you guys are like me, but whenever Halloween comes around, sometimes I like to watch some scary movies. That's probably what they're watching right now. They're seeing Ollie Gordon run through these lines like a hot knife through butter, and it's spooky season, all right? 
doesn't matter that it's on film. You can't stop it. All right. It's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I like that. It's definitely looking like a horror film for them right now as they're watching tape. I'll tell you something. I, over, over the last three weeks, you know, I think it, it might be easy to just look at the box score and say, oh, wow, look at what we did on the ground. But the creativity from our offensive coaches has actually been pretty outstanding. Whenever you look at different RPO options um, that we saw last week, we didn't necessarily see those the two weeks prior to that. When two weeks ago, whenever you saw the usage of the fullback position, we didn't see that the week prior to that. And we didn't see that last week. Right. So it's not just that. Oh, wow. Here's Ollie Gordon doing all this work. Yo, we are scheming it up right now on offense. And it's not even like the same type of personnel packages that you're seeing out of our O-line and our tight ends either. So you just don't know which tight end is going to come out. You don't know which formations we're necessarily going to be in. We've seen more wham blocks over the past three weeks than we've seen in the last year, right? Where the tight end is just coming behind that offensive line and the defensive tackle doesn't see it coming. And then wham, tight end moves him out of the way. So like, this type of creativity is what I love to see. So I think as long as we keep mixing it up, um, Cincinnati's not going to know how to stop us, and they're not going to know what hit them. I also think that our defense is better than their offense. I think that the 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 X factor in this game is the battle of the trenches, our offensive line versus their defensive line. I think that is going to be the difference maker. Can we get Ollie space to get him to run? Their offense I mean, they are averaging 27 points a game this season. We faced Emory Jones last year when he was at Arizona State. We held him to negative 17 rush yards, threw for 223 and a touchdown. We got to him three times. This season, Emory Jones has uh, 1,484 yards, 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. In his last two game, guys, against Iowa State, he threw for 96. And against Baylor, he threw for 162. Wow. So, I mean – the last two games from Emory Jones have not been that impressive. He is a threat with his feet, though. He rushed right. for he's rushed for 408 yards this season and three touchdowns. He is the second leading rusher on the team. So I think that if we can focus on stopping the run and containing Emory Jones, that will be the key to our defense to win this game. If there's an area of concern for me uh, as it pertains to our defense, is definitely our defensive line. Um, I just we I just don't think that's one of our strengths. Right. We, we just don't look that good there. I would have thought that we'd have a better anchor, especially right there in the middle. I think part of the reason why our linebackers like Nick Martin are getting so many tackles is because we, we just don't know how to penetrate necessarily on the D line. And, you know, that's that's definitely a problem. Um, I would trade. Uh, you know, maybe three, four less tackles for Nick Martin for three or four more tackles from Latu or some of our defensive linemen. But, you know, I think this is going to be a huge test for Colin Oliver. Um, and I'm interested to see in how Brian Nardo is going to use the safeties uh, to come in for, for some run help as well. Yeah, man, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree. I, I kind of think like Ollie's giving props to our offensive line because they're able to lay the blocks. I think that maybe our linebackers could give props to some of our defensive line for being able to just take those blocks or like get those guys out of the way. Kind of they're just essentially like holes are opening up and then our linebackers are able to get penetration and our tackling has been so much better than it was in the first three or four games of the season. So props to be able to make those adjustments guys being more physical Nardo emphasizing tackling and how important it is, but, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, the fact that we've already played Emory Jones, he was with he was with Florida uh, Arizona State, and I don't know how much you can like go based off of that necessarily completely different situation, different team, different personnel. I don't know. I haven't really seen like what he looked like really after we played him last year and then how he has looked this year, but he's been in Stillwater before maybe a spooky season for him part two, but my, like the playmaker, it seems like on their side of the offensive side of the ball, Corey Kiner, the running back, uh, he had a couple of explosive plays, that I saw from highlights whenever they were playing Baylor last week. And um, yeah, every once in a while, it seems like Emory Jones, if they can get that kind of uh, the run game going, play action and throw it over the top. So obviously our safeties have been, you know, susceptible to that in the past. Yeah. So we got to watch out for that again, but the way that it's looked over the last three, four weeks, I mean, this is setting up to be like, just another game, like just another one of these scenarios where, you know, you got a, a kind of a dual threat type of running back and you got to be able to contain and maybe emphasize stopping the run. And then if you get beat over, over the top every once in a while, then, but don't break kind of thing. I was looking at their offense, Meg, I think you said, what were they ranked in the top 25 in total offense, mm-hmm. but their red zone offense is Cincinnati's offense terrible. Did I say that? Yeah, I didn't hear that. They average twenty-seven points per game. Since he ranks twenty-fifth in FBS in total offense, with do they really forty-four point wow. nine yards per game? That is true. Yes, I did put that in my notes. Saw yeah. it in the notes. Yeah. That's where I saw it. <laughs> I like, so, yes. yeah, they rank twenty-five overall in basically uh, yards per game. Okay, so before they get to the red zone, they're lighting it up. Once they get in the red zone, they're stalling out, not getting points. Sounds I think familiar. That, I think we know you can take advantage of that. So, yeah, yeah, you bring up an excellent point, especially about the defensive line just being able to hold up those blocks and allowing for the linebackers to spill, allowing for the LBs to make those plays. So, I guess that is part of what you would expect from a three-three-five defense. Um, but I mean, gosh, it, it just takes pressure off of the defense if you can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, have, have like, one of those guys that can get, yeah, you get, you get those three deep, down yeah. linemen who can just get in that backfield and, you know, get really low and just destroy and disrupt everything, which I think they're asking a lot of that from Ollie Gordon, to be honest with you, you know, playing him closer to the D line, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's oh, really Colin Oliver. Sorry. I said Ollie Gordon. I meant Colin yeah. Oliver. I always I mean, get those two confused. I, for whatever No, I get we, it. Cause they're Oliver, both, Oliver. they're both everywhere. They're both all over the place. Yeah, well, they also both have O L L I in their first names, and my my brain always thinks in terms of like letters. It's it's weird. It's okay, I've made that mistake too. That's why I think that's why Gundy likes to say numbers, like jersey numbers. You got thirty out here. You got zero running. Yeah, people want to give him crap for it. It's like oh, he doesn't even know his players' names. So, like, this is a prime example of like prime example. you can totally mess up somebody's name, and you're thinking right. something else. Gundy's ahead of the game. Eve, you only have Zola, but um, Justin, how often do you mix up Camden and Landon? Ooh, uh, it doesn't happen too often, but I feel like whenever they get older, uh, I'll probably have that happen a lot more. Yeah, and I know right. that's going to be that's going to be a major issue, I think, for oh, like the grandparents and other family members, like Camden, Landon, you know, trying to figure well, all that out. 
I have two brothers. I am the only girl. And my mom would be like, Megan, Brendan, Evan, whoever, just you come here. And she would go yeah. through all of us. I'm like, I am the only girl. Sometimes she'd even throw our dog's name in there. But yeah, so I just feel like it's a thing with yeah. your parent. You just can't get names right of your yeah. children. Oh, I have, a, I have a family of eight. All right. So, you know, six kids, two parents. And my mom will run down everybody's name before she gets to the actual correct person. Yep. It happens all the time. Right. So as more and more family members come in. Yeah, yeah, it tends to happen. So I guess Ollie and Colin are my children. Right? <laughs> Gundy's too. So we apologize, guys. We we know you I can tell you apart boys. too, but yes, my babies. Shall we move on to Justin Southwell's favorite part of the show? Uniform uniform review and mm. prediction. I just want to say I was the closest in my prediction. I got the helmet yeah. right and I got the jersey right. I didn't get the pants. I got the jersey. Right. But I got the guys. I loved it. I loved this look. Loved the black helmet with the full peat. I've decided that the white jersey with the black numbers is my favorite of the four. Love it. Just it's this look was beautiful. Hard to argue against that. I'm over here trying to sell Meg the white jersey with black numbers. I'm like sending her links. Like, here it's on sale now. Go get it. <laughs> Just want Meg to have this uh, this memory forever because it's so great. The uh, yeah, the look it was a little bit scary, right? Like you're coming out black, white, orange, automatically reminds you of Iowa State 2011. And then we missed a field goal that looked like it was good, and I was like, ah, oh, here we go again. What's happening? What? Why is this combination cursed? But then. Ollie Gordon happened and we, we shut all that down. And all we have now is the memory of looking great. So got to love it. Thanks for the memories, Ollie. I just want to say too, going back to that field goal, if anybody has a definitive angle of it being no good, please send it to me because I have yet to see one where it is definitively no good. And big 12 reps. Yeah. That field goal. That was the thing though. Like, because I was focused on Ollie because he just balled out. We, yeah, we ended up scoring 48. If that field goal is good, that's 51. Like we hung half a hundred and it looks that much better. <laughs> but eh, it is what it is. What can you do? But predictions for this week, let me pull up. What do I think? Okay, my prediction for homecoming, I do not have a historical database like Justin does. This is based on what we've seen this year versus what we haven't seen this year. I think we're going to go black, orange, black with the script Cowboys helmet. Wow. Okay. Very, very close to my uniform prediction as well. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So black, orange, black uh, is what I think we're going to go with. Um, I haven't actually given any thought to what the helmet is going to be. Let's go brand. We're going to go brand. Okay. Yeah. Brand on the helmet. Okay. See, I think. Black Orange Black reminds me so much of 2011 Bedlam. And I think we're probably going to see it. I am looking ahead a little 2011 bit. 2011 Bedlam was Black Black Orange. No, that was 2021. Our year, Black Black Orange was Kansas. Then we played OU. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Black Orange Black. So, yeah. Yeah. Eve, don't worry about it, man. I got you. All right. <laughs> How dare I? How dare I? <laughs> Here's the I have been wrong before, so it's a good call. But no, once 
the black orange black it it's too bedlam for me i'm saving that for next week i can't go with it for homecoming um i think that we keep it classic traditional for the uh 100 years of pete white orange white white orange white and i'm gonna go with a pistol pete helmet but not the one like we've seen before i think it's going to be the retro version of pistol pete I don't really know what to call him. He kind of looks like he has shaggy pants. So I got shaggy pants. And uh, I think that, you know, we have not actually seen that on a helmet. So it would technically be a faux throwback, but we've done it before 2014. We did that Bronc rider. That was a faux throwback. I think we see it again with this new template. So I'm excited to see what it is though. Cause homecoming has become like this, throwback type of just throwback anticipation everything is like so cool even if we don't go full throwbacks sometimes they'll bust out the throwback looking socks if they bring out those striped socks man mm, just looks so good but yeah those striped socks do yeah those striped socks are some of the best like accessories that we have uh, on our arsenal but yeah i think it would be cool to just see like hey this is the brand right this is osu you know put that right on the black helmet i think that'd look cool right so yeah, we'll see. You know, I think the jersey is enough of a throwback, right? So, you know, the orange with, you know, the throwback lettering. So I'm yeah, actually really hoping that we see that black, orange, black. That's that's like one of the biggest complaints from all of our throwback helmets. It's like, oh, it'd be so much better if we could see the full throwback uniforms. It's like, okay, yes, it would be, but money, okay? It costs a lot of money. Right. And with this traditional look that we've gone back to, you can kind of get away with it. It's like a modern version of this classic look. But if you have a throwback helmet, it's going to pair a lot better with these traditional looking uniforms. So what we've seen in the last two templates. I got I, I to just to let everybody know, I got a text message from um, Justin Williams, actually. So Justin, uh, who's our the equipment manager over at OSU. This was this past Friday. Um, just, you know, always listening to the show. He's a supporter. Just talking. Well, I'm not going to show the screen, I guess, but he's saying like you guys are too kind on the show, right? So he just appreciates all the uniform love that <laughs> that we're constantly uh, spewing out here. So they look Justin, good, good fans. <laughs> yeah, they look fire. You want to send me one of those white jerseys? I won't turn it down. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and send me a nice little box over here, Justin. We'll be all right. You know they've done they've done a great job. We've seen Bowman coming out in the last few weeks wearing throwback uniform, like throwback jerseys. So last week in his post-game interview, he's in the Barry Sanders jersey that they got to wear for 2018. Uh, let's see. The week before that was Terry Miller, Ring of Honor game. So he got to wear that one. Everybody was wearing that one. And then the week yeah. before that, after the Kansas State game, Bob Fenimore for the, I think the best Ring of jerseys, Honor game last year. Yeah. Meg, you brought this up actually before. I think the best jerseys to see out like in public that people are wearing are just the, the white ones. Like the white jerseys just look yeah. so good whenever you know, like you you buy it over the shelf or whatever. With the black Offer number it. specifically. Oh, okay. Well, I think the, I think the white with the black numbers is my favorite look. Hold on, which one am I thinking about? So whenever you buy like a Barry Sanders throwback one, yeah, I think the Thurman one. Thomas one, which yeah. I'm sure you'll see Alan Bowman. Yeah, those wear Thurman Thomas ones are nice. Yeah, after the game this this week, I have a feeling. But yeah, the Thurman Thurman Thomas throwback. It's very similar to what we got now, but it is with the orange numbers. So not quite Meg's favorite, but yeah. still very clean. Oh, yeah. Those are excellent. Yeah. Well, guys, shall we get to game picks? Let's do it. 
It is an exciting week for both Bixby and the Cowboys. They both have a chance to become bowl eligible. This will be the second week in a row that Bixby has the opportunity to become bowl eligible. The first for the Cowboys. What's going to happen, guys? I don't know. Come on, Bixby. Who's he going? Come on, Bixby. Let's ride. Let's ride, Bixby. So they will either be bowl eligible together or they won't. So this is super exciting. Bix is back with the Cowboys. You love to see it. I It's homecoming in Stillwater. And if you've never been to a homecoming game, you don't know what you're missing. But I'm riding with the Cowboys 48-24 to set up a great Bedlam matchup. Yeah, I think we cracked 40 as well with us uh, scoring 41 points. But I think that we're probably going to keep Cincinnati right around their season average and give them 28. So 41-28, Oklahoma State winning it. Nice. So, yeah, I was trying to look back to see. Cincinnati's kind of running into the Oklahoma State issue we had uh, at the end of last year, the beginning of this year. Five-game losing streak. Haven't hit 30 points in a minute. Um, Wow. Six games, it looks like. So I think our defense can definitely hold them to under that. And our offense is rolling. Ollie Gordon, you know what? I'd love to be able to get out to a, a nice, comfortable lead and pull Ollie back, let him rest up a little bit for Bedlam. True. Give Jaden Nixon some time to shine. Maybe Collins, get him in there from time to time. We can put the Heisman campaign on hold for a week. It's fine. It's not going not gonna to affect anything, right? More. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State with a comfortable victory here. No cardiac Cowboys this week. I'll say Oklahoma State 45, Cincinnati 18. Oh, wow. I would love that. Absolutely. So would I. So would I. We'll see. Really quickly, guys, before we go, it is homecoming, but it is also Halloween weekend. have to ask, what are the babies being for Halloween this year? All right. We we went through so many options with Camden. We thought, man, Pistol Pete, you love Pete Pete. Wouldn't you love to be Pete Pete for Halloween? And one day he said, yeah. Like three other days he said, no. I don't know what's <laughs> going through this kid's head. Uh, we started watching Minions. Hey, man, do you want to be a Minion? That'd be super cute to see this little Minion running around. Doesn't want to be a Minion. All right, man. Like, what, what do you want to be? He loves Spider-Man. And understandably, Sheridan did not want him to be Spider-Man because he's going to be Spider-Man for the rest of his life for Halloween. But no matter how many times we brought it up, he he never disagreed to be in Spider-Man. He wants to be Spider-Man. We got him a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> so he will be Spidey. Landon is going to be a little Daniel Tiger. So we got a little Tiger costume, throwing a red sweater over the top for him. So he'll be nice and warm. And um, so a couple of our kids' favorite shows there. What are you going to be? Uh, you know, whenever you get older, you know. You're uh, dressing up as Spider-Man, don't lie. <laughs> we'll see. It'll be uh, It'll be a, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a Spider-Man costume right now. Right now. Right. Um, you have time, Justin. You have, right. you have a whole week. Well, it is stash season. 
Uh, I threw a poll out, and 80% of the people that voted on that wanted me to bring the stash back. So that's back. Ted Lasso. It'd be super easy to be Ted Lasso again. But, I mean, this is basically what I wear every day. So whatever. <laughs> Just you. Yeah, we don't celebrate Halloween in my house, so nothing over here. Meg, what are you going to be? I'm not being anything. There you go. Anything. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm boring. Hey, we gonna let we gonna let the Southwells hold it down for the podcast. Yeah, I have some good ideas. I mean, I have I I like Halloween, um, and I enjoy coming up with a clever costume. Like last year, I'll go with what I was last year, um, and um, I was Salt and Peppa, but I dressed up as like a salt shaker and then carried around like a Peppa Pig lunchbox. It's mm. Brilliant pigs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been at something. I mean, when it comes to costumes two years ago, I was swine. So I dressed up as like a bottle of wine with like a pig nose. Get it? Swine. Swine. It's funny. It's brilliant. And I've been a pig in a blanket. Dress up as a pig. Grab yourself in a blanket. I've been Miss Piggy. When I was three, I was a pig unicorn. (laughs) It was a pink, a pink unicorn costume. And my three-year-old pig loving self heard pig unicorn. So that's what mm. that uh, there was no turning back from that one. Um, I was like, mom, I'm being a pig unicorn, but then I refused to wear the nose. So I Red made her draw one on me. Um, yeah. Sounds but, like yeah. you probably want to be major Tutty for Halloween. Yo. Yo, my mom. Have you finished the season of Ted Lasso, Justin? Yeah. When Beard is Piggy Stardust. Yo, don't don't ruin it for me. It's just it, it's not a spoiler. It's just okay. Remember when he's Piggy Stardust? Yeah. That's what my mom thinks I should be, but of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you have too easy, costumes, send them my way. I can't wait for the day when I make my family dress up as like the Three Little Pigs and the Big Bad Wolf. You're in for a treat, guys. Oh my god! Yeah, for sure, That'd gonna happen funny. in your house. Well, with that, we want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast, presented by Bet Online. If you're in town for homecoming, be safe, have fun, enjoy walk around, enjoy the game. Like, share, subscribe, follow, rate, review. Once again, I'm Meg. Join my favorite Cowboys, Justin and Eve, and of course, go Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.